The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Well, today, if you got your Bible, you can open up to Genesis chapter 1. I want to share with you today, our hope was that we would be talking to you this morning about opening additional Sunday morning ministries We were hoping to do that next week if conditions and wisdom allowed, but information that we've received from healthcare officials that we know and love, who know and love Jesus, along with prayer, we've decided to move that back just a bit to January, toward the end of January, early February. But right now, we have a great opportunity to minister to people in our community, to minister to one another, And so over the next several days and weeks, we have opportunity to provide for those in need. It's a a great time to kind of revive our care for healthcare workers as this surge has occurred and they are tired, exhausted, stretched, and continuing to serve. We want to do that as we love the Lord and love one another and we look forward to the burden of this virus being lifted. So right now, just want us to stop and again ask the Lord, gracious to those who um, are in the healthcare community who are working and serving. God, we come to you in Jesus' name and we humble ourselves before you. And we pray for your hand of grace on us. We pray, Father, for this virus to end, for this burden to be lifted, for vaccines to take effect. And we pray, God, for those who are on the front lines in our city, in our state, in our nation, in the world, who are, who are caring for those who are sick. God, we pray for those who are sick, for their families, for your mercy to be new to them each day, for you to bring healing and strength. And as we look in your word together, God, as we consider what it means to be a people who follow you, Lord, help us to do that. By your grace and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, we're gonna read Genesis 1, one through three, and then we're going to end our time in Revelation chapter 22. As we look ahead at 2021, our good and gracious God has brought us through 2020, which is no small feat, as he has all these years in the past. And so we want to pause and consider, to remember, to reset, to consider our core values, what it means to be people who are surrendered to Jesus and living in authentic biblical community, living on mission together. We want to remember who we are in Christ. We are a people, Temple Bible Church. That's us, right? And for 40-something years, we've been a people who make disciples for the glory of God. That's what we do. And for the last 11 or so years, the way that we've talked about how we do that is through these three core values, surrender, community, and mission. As one of our pastors once said, these are are things, surrender to Jesus, authentic biblical community, and sacrificial living on mission. These are the things that we want coursing through our veins as we live as the people of God in Central Texas. And so we do this because we have one focus and one desire and one longing and one treasure, and his name is Jesus. We spent December remembering the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that are ours in Christ and we embrace surrender to him for lots of reasons, but certainly because he's God. He's the God who created the world. We're gonna read that in just a moment. 
but also because there is this beauty about Jesus Christ that transcends my culture, my time, it transcends my pain, it overcomes my sin, and he is the greatest treasure that the world has ever known. And because of the transcendent beauty of Jesus, we have become in Christ a new community of redeemed people And now we're on a new mission, a new purpose. As the Father sent Jesus, now he sends us. So the Bible starts this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, or the face of the deep, rather. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God continued this beautiful work of creation. And here's the reality. Here's ultimately why we surrender. If there is a God, we believe that there is. If there's a God who made the world and everything in it, then our lives belong fully, completely, and ultimately to him, whoever said God is. And so, So we need to think before we even dive into this beauty of Jesus as creator about the difference between a biblical mindset and a secular or cultural mindset because what we might be tempted to do is go, oh, well, a secular mindset has no room for God and at its extreme point, that's correct. And a biblical mindset has room for God and Jesus, but actually, you can have a secular or more of a cultural mindset and there can be room for God there. There can even be room for some form or fashion or, or way of talking about Jesus Christ, but there is no room for all of my life, all I have, all I am, all I hope to be, to belong fully to him. And in the biblical mindset, there's no room for that not to be the case, right? Because God created the world and he is God alone. And then we're told about this God who created the world that in his son, Jesus, he was doing the creating. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then John 1.1, which tells the story of Jesus, says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So why Surrender to Jesus Christ. There are so many reasons we could talk about this. I want to tell you three today. First is that he is the word. He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was there creating with the Father. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and darkness has come it and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known this Jesus is the living word of God, God in creation. And this God who made the world is the God who came and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And he was full of grace and truth. He came and lived a human life, dealt with our struggles and sufferings and died on our behalf. This word is the one we treasure. And the reason that we would look at this word 
this year is because this whole word points us to Jesus, the word. No one has ever seen God, but Jesus, the one and only, explains who God is. We surrender to him because he is the word from creation. But he's not just the word, he's the way. We look at this life and all of its brokenness and we go, how am I gonna make it through this life? And then if there is a God, how can I follow him? How can I please him? The disciples, Jesus' followers, ask him that very question, show us the way to the Father. And Jesus said, I am the way. And I'm the truth and I'm the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. So he's the word and then he's the way and then he told his disciples, I'm not gonna leave you alone. When I die for your sins and when I rise from the dead, I'm not gonna leave you by yourself. I'll send another helper just like me, the spirit of truth. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll counsel you. He'll convict you. He'll he'll help you as you follow me. He's the word and then he's the way. And then also, he's the one. He isn't just the word of the way. He is the one. So John writes this book, and he he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he describes this Jesus, and then the whole book tells about Jesus' life and ministry, how he lived without sin, how he taught in a way that no one had ever heard, how he performed miracles, even raised the dead, and then he died and rose from the dead, and at the very end of the book, the last verse... It says, these things, this book has been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name, this surrendered, risen, beautiful, glorious life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's a life that fits in a fallen world to shine brightly, to show people who Jesus is. See, here's here's where we are in the world, the world kind of looks like this. If we could describe it in four words, there's creation. It's the way things were. Man had fellowship with God. God created the heavens and the earth. He created man in his image and it was good. But then Adam and Eve, our our long ago father and mother sinned and we sinned in, in them. And so now the world is broken. That's the way things are because of the fall. Humanity is broken and we're separated from God. But God sent Jesus, the word, the way, the one to die for our sins so that we could be redeemed. We can show people, here's what life can look like. Our lives and our words, we're ambassadors of redemption in Christ. And then what's coming is glory. It's the way things will be. That's where we're headed. That's why we surrender. That's why we live in community. That's why we're on mission. We're aiming toward this day when Jesus sets all things right. So because of him, this Jesus in whom we must believe, and as we do, have life in his name, because of him, we surrender. Because of him, we become a new community. And because of him, we live on mission together. So what does it mean to surrender to Jesus? You give up your very self. It all belongs to Jesus. All we are, all we have, all we hope to be. It's given to him in surrender, our jobs, our agenda, our time, our passions, our dreams, our hopes, our fears, our children. And we say loudly and plainly that we are his and we lay ourselves down. Some of you have experienced this in really difficult ways and and any one of those things. Right now, I'm kind of experiencing this in a really joyful way. 
When I, when I think about our oldest child, Maddie, our daughter, she's engaged to be married. Now, what in the world? I'm going to send my daughter off to live with another man. So I've got to surrender her. But I don't just have to surrender her. I like the guy, but I, you know, I don't know him well. I've only known him for about a year, and he's from Dripping Springs. Can anything good come out of Dripping Springs? Other than Tim Waits, this one guy over here, he's good. He came out of drip. But other than that, I hope number two, I hope this is the second one, right? But isn't this really kind of, this is what we're aiming for. We surrender ourselves, our kids, our hopes, our dreams. Sometimes that's joyful. Sometimes it's really difficult, but we, we trust him. We lay down our rights and we do that because he's God, See, he either is or isn't, and if Jesus is not God, then what we do on Sunday, what we do when we gather in small groups, what we do when we go to serve in our community and in all the world, well, that would just be a waste of time if Jesus isn't God. Let, let, that, let that settle, right? But if he is God, then really all of life, how I do my job every day, the way I interact with my spouse and my children, with my friends and coworkers. If indeed there is a God, the people in Athens, they kind of wondered, everybody worshiped something. They were worshiping this little idol and it even said it's to an unknown God. And so Paul walks into their temple, the apostle Paul, and he says, you worship what you don't know, but we worship what we know. Let me tell you about this God. He says, I see that you're religious, but, but let me tell you this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, he, he doesn't live in temples made by man and he's not served by human hands as though he needed anything. See, we can serve him, we can come to him, but it's not that he needs anything. He comes to relationship with us, not out of need, but out of love. Why? Because he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything else. And he made from one man every nation of mankind. And he determined the allotted periods and time and the places that they would live. So church for us, when we hear that, he determined the times and places that we would live, even in the brokenness of what was 2020 and what's begun is 2021. You and I were made for this moment. God determined that we would live in this moment as followers of Jesus Christ, to make much of Jesus Christ, to help people know him, to seek the good of our city. God did this in the hope that they would feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. He goes on to say that God's not like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. He's actually God in the times of ignorance, when we didn't understand this, God overlooked them, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, to turn from their ways, to surrender, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given full assurance to all by raising him from the dead. We surrender to Jesus because he's God. So how might we surrender to Jesus Christ in 2021? The answer might be for you, whether you're here and you might be really religious or this might be the first time you've ever been in a church, it might be that first step of surrender, become a Christian, give your life to Jesus Christ. 
It, it could be that there, there are things that you're just holding on to, that you're clinging to, that belong to God, and you've not given them over. Some of you had those little dolls, little action figures when you were a child, and you would pull the string on the back of it, and it would say something. I think if all of humanity were like that, if we had a string on our back when we're born and, and you pulled the string, what would come out of our mouths is mine, 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 mine. And, and there's not one square inch of our life, one theologian says, over which Jesus doesn't say mine. So maybe it's there are things that you're holding on to that, that you know belong to Jesus and you've got to surrender them. Or maybe it's just what's next. It's that you've, You've given yourself to Christ and then as you are following him and and seeking him and by his grace growing in him, you see, oh, this is what's next. This is what I lay down next. What is it that God would call you to surrender to Jesus in 2021? Maybe it's through your thoughts that you think about that. Maybe it's through your time. Maybe it's through your treasure. But when we surrender, we surrender from sin to Jesus. We turn from sin to to Jesus, sends our treasure. We love living according to our own ways. We turn and make Jesus our treasure. We follow after him. We're saved from wrath, separation from God, into the family of God. So we surrender into authentic biblical community. A TBC website says this. It says, Jesus says the world will know where his Believers by our love for one another. John 13, 34, and 35, a new commandment I give to you. See, we love because he first loved us, right? He loved us, so we ought to love one another. He calls us to share life together in an authentic biblical community where we live out the one another's of Scripture before a watching world. So one, one of the ways this happens in Acts 2, 42 through 47, it describes the disciples right after Christ rose from the dead and how they were living and loving one another. The first verse in that passage just says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they were a community that was authentically biblical, right? And the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. They were knit together in love So it's authentic, you can't fake it with God, right? It's real and genuine community. But second, it's not only authentic, but it's also biblical community because you could have an authentic community of people who gather together but really didn't give a flip about Jesus. This is authentic biblical community. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This had a profound effect on them. See, true biblical community stand in stark contrast to the expressive individualism of our culture to love and serve and forgive in such a way that people wonder, why? how do you live like that with one another? How do you care for one another? How do you love people, bear one another's burdens that way? I don't understand. It's living in such a way, literally, that sometimes people ask and you get to tell them. I have a, a friend who's a physician in the Middle East and he, he was an, an eyeball doctor here is the way his wife describes it. And I love that description because eyeball doctor is way easier to say than ophthalmologist, right? And they moved to the Arabian Peninsula. And so he knew when he was moving, he was taking a cut in pay that would be several hundred thousand dollars a year to go and serve Christ in the Middle East. And his first day on the job, this Syrian Muslim physician walked up to him and said, are you an, are you an ophthalmologist from America? You were practicing in America? 
And he said, yeah, I was. I'm a real doctor, right? And the guy said, well, can, can, I, ask, can I ask you a question? Why in the world would you move here to operate? And he said, oh, I'd, I'd love to tell you, right? Because he's part of this new community in Christ. His life's been altered by the power of the gospel. It's authentic biblical community. Everything has changed. With all, all the darkness and all the pain of 2020, I gotta tell you, I, I saw this authentic biblical community, TBC, and other churches in our city do some really amazing things to care for the unemployed, to care for the poor, to care for healthcare workers over and over. As I was just thinking about this the last couple of days, I would see Tim Cartwright, our local outreach pastor, and his team making these packets, preparing these packets. It would be just food for several days. Sometimes easy to make meals for people who either couldn't go to the store or didn't have time to go to the store. I saw him and his team set up opportunities to feed people in low-income housing just over and over and over when virtual school was happening, when people were stuck at home, I saw our men's ministry and our women's ministry find creative ways to be together either virtually or in person. And then I, just several ministries did this. One that sticks out in my mind is Shannon and what he did with our college ministry. I remember the first Wednesday night I drove up here and just in the front parking lot, it's blocked off and there. It looked like 20 small groups of college students. I don't know how many, but just these groups of college students in the word, talking to one another, praying together, studying the word together, just spread throughout the parking lot. And I thought, wait, I thought all the college students left. Well, not all of them, they were here. And they were growing in Christ together. There's this beautiful thing. I saw small groups gather however they could. See, it's this lovely thing called authentic biblical community. And when we talk about that and, and what it means to be a member of TBC, community really, really matters. It plays into every little bit. If you're the, the sort of person that reads church constitutions, you can just Google Temple Bible Church Beliefs. And there's a section on membership there. And I, I just love it. I'm not gonna read it all to you today, but I wanna tell you some of what it says. It says, we believe that all Christians are members of the body of Christ and members of one another. As such, we share a common purpose based on common beliefs that any believer who attends Temple Bible Church on a regular basis is considered part of Temple Bible Church family, a member. Membership is not legalistic. It is an acknowledgement that Christ calls us to carry out the one another's of scripture. Membership is not exclusive. It does recognize, though, that we're called out from the world, separated unto him to live holy lives. Membership is a positive affirmation of this unique relationship we have because we're in Christ together. It's a recognition that the church, his body, is not a loose collection of individual Christians. By all means, we are not a loose collection of individual Christians. Rather, an assembly of mutually dependent brothers and sisters in Christ designed to display his character of the world by our mutual love for one another. And it lists these 10 things that we'd say, if you're in Christ and you're here, here's what we would hope 
for you. Number one, that you would walk together in Christian love, exercise care, concern, watchfulness for one another, be thoughtful, considerate, slow to take offense, quick to forgive, quick to seek forgiveness. Number two, that you would endeavor to provide for the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of one another. Number three, that you would hold one another accountable to the mandates of scripture and exercise discipline in accordance with the word of God. Number four, that you would engage regularly in personal Bible reading and prayer, establishing family devotions when possible. Number five, that you would raise up whatever children God gives you to be Uh, to be nurtured and admonished in the Lord. Number six, that you would assist in the work of the church, aid in the establishment of the church as a witness to the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ. Number seven, that you would contribute to the financial support of the church and its undertakings. Number eight, that you'd be honest and faithful in all endeavors, exemplary in conduct, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Number nine, that you would persevere by example, by word, and by prayer in fulfilling the mission of Temple Bible Church. And finally, that you would carry out the work of ministry in such a way as to include but not be limited to fellow members of Temple Bible Church. See, we're a community of believers together. So how might you step more into community in 2021? Well, we would tell you as leaders, if there's one thing you can do, only one way you can get in the community. If there's only time for one thing, make that a small group, dive into a small group, be part of a small group. If you wanna know what that looks like at TBC, you can email me. I'd love to visit with you about it. You can email David Richardson, our adult ministries pastor. See, we're surrendered people who are together and there's something we're doing together. We surrender as a community on mission. We surrender as a community on mission. We are a sent people. God has been a sending God since the beginning. He sent Adam and Eve to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. He sent Abram, go to a place that I will show you. Right? He sent Jesus, and then he sent the apostles. And now he sends us, even as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. He told his disciples, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we are the sent people of God in Central Texas. God's plan for the evangelization and further discipleship of Central Texas is sitting in this room and watching online this morning, right? As well as other churches in this place. Let me say that again. God's plan for the evangelization and further discipleship of Central Texas is sitting in this room and watching online this morning. You might hear that and go, wait, you're, t- you're talking about me? Yes, absolutely. And as you hear that I'm talking about you, that could, that could cause all kinds of emotions to go on. That could cause fear. That could cause anger. It could cause um, uncertainty. I, I don't know what it makes you feel. I'll tell you what it makes me feel really, really excited. It gets me really, really excited because if, if you're like me, someone told you about Jesus Christ. And then you trusted Jesus Christ and you know what sort of joy, what sort of peace, what sort of love, what sort of relief and forgiveness and hope that's brought to your life. And now you and I in Christ, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, have the opportunity to be the people who evangelize and disciple the next believers of Central Texas. And guess what? There is no plan B, (laughs) 
It's, it's us, right? And these other churches in our area. And the Great Commission is too big for anyone to accomplish alone and too important not to try to do together, right? It's too big to accomplish alone and too important not to try. So as we think about what it means to be surrendered, what's the mission that you're on? Are you living for yourself? Are you living for some small temporal ambition? Are you living sacrificially for a mission and vision larger than yours could ever be? So for us, this means sharing the gospel right where we are. For some of us, it means going far away to share the gospel with people who haven't heard it. For some of us, it means supporting those who go. Just a a few weeks ago, we saw a couple that was launching out to Tanzania, another couple launching to Thailand. In 2021, we're gonna see some beautiful people that TBC is sending out again. Alex and Sarah Miller are sitting right in the back. Um, Would you guys stand up, please, Alex and Sarah? Would y'all do that? It's okay to say no as long as you still do what I ask, okay? Thank you. So Alex and Sarah, you guys can sit down. Alex and Sarah met at TBC there at UMHB, and while they were here, they just poured into our church and our community. Sarah worked with our children and family ministry over and over and over, faithfully ministering to kids. Alex worked in our junior high, and then he and TJ Greeson started something called the Call to Play, a basketball sports ministry among children in low-income housing. And then Alex and Sarah, somewhere along the way, fell in love or something like that, right? And then Alex went to Germany for two years to be part of a church plant there, minister among the unreached. And then Alex came back and he and Sarah got married this last spring and they're launching to Germany to share the gospel with the people of Germany later this year. There's a young lady named Ashley Butte who's ministered to so many families through ministering to their daughters at TBC. She's been a blessing to my family, part of our college missions group, and Ashley, by God's grace, is gonna launch to the people of Japan later this year. They are living on mission, but see, we're living on mission right here as a surrendered community of believers in Jesus. So just some questions. Who might God have you share the gospel with in January? It would just be a great thing to ask the Lord this afternoon. God, who is it that you want me to share Christ with this January? What missionary might he have your family support? What local partner might he have your family support? Could it be that God would lead you or your family to give a year or two years or four years or 10 years among the least reached peoples on earth? See, when when he calls us to surrender community and mission, it's only a compelling call if Jesus is king. But as they liked to say in Deweyville, if it ain't Jesus, it ain't anybody. So to be a surrendered community on mission is really just to live as a people of the king. So one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, wrote a book to a church, and as he was writing this, he he began to describe what it means to be a people of the king. And I think what he said to them in the first century applies to us today in the 21st century. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You belong to the Father as his children, as his people. Why 
so that you may proclaim the excellencies or declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We've got a new identity because Jesus is our king. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. See, the the people of the king surrender to Jesus because they belong to him. And really the truth is we, we always have, we just didn't know it. He's the God who made the world and everything in it. And there's more truth that's really good news. We will always belong to him and one day the brokenness of the world will be done. The people of the king live in biblical community now because we've been called to the kingdom of the son God loves and we live on mission for God because we've received mercy from God and we tell these people of a day that's coming. Our story starts with Genesis 1-1. Right in the center of the story is the crucified, risen Jesus. How does it end? Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, and of the Lamb through the middle of the streets of the city. Also, on either side of the river, there's the tree of life, which has 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree or for the healing of the nations. And no longer is there anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or the sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever. So you were living as people of the king, aiming toward reigning with him forever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And Jesus says to John in this vision, and behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this book. And then Revelation 22 ends. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. He's He's coming soon. So how can you live on mission with your thoughts and your time and your treasure? See, those who long for this day that's coming, delight in the duty of discipleship. We started by saying we are a people who make disciples for the glory of God. And it's because we long for this day, so we delight in the duty of discipleship. And those who long for the king are busy about the kingdom. My my wife and I were, were talking a couple of weeks ago about 2020 and how there was this cry in 2020 that maybe we heard a bit more than normal and maybe that's a good thing and the cry was, come Lord Jesus, we are ready for you to come. And Laura said, and I thought about that, Chase, and I thought about Matthew 24 where the disciples said, how will we know that the end will come? What will be the sign? And Jesus said, this gospel will be preached as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And she said, I just think if we love this day, we better get busy about proclaiming King Jesus. And I I think we should too. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, we just confess that you are beautiful and you are wonderful and you're majestic and in your character alone, there's just this matchless worth. 
And then there's this work you've done that you humbled yourself and became obedient even to the point of death on a cross and it was, it was our cross. We belonged on there and you took our punishment and then you rose from the dead and so we just gladly say we surrender. And we thank you for the privilege of being your community. And we pray because of who you are and what you've done, God, that we would be a people on mission to make disciples for your glory right here in Central Texas and even to the ends of the earth. And we ask this in Jesus' name for your glory and for our joy. Amen.